All right. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm Sam. I'm Dennis. And we are no longer a podcast for a television show that aired once upon a time. We're a podcast for a television show that is in production and will be in production. It's no news broke this week. Yeah, it, we're we're no longer like some sort of time capsule. Uh, I know we got ahead of the curve five years ago. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't know what we were doing. We've both said all along we were not holding out hope. No, any longer. This was never part of the plan. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, this was so not a part of the plan that there have been many times over the past year and a half or so when I kind of thought we were kind of just going to be done. When I sort yeah. of figured, like, you know, I, we've tried this thing where we're doing like episodes talking about other things, and it's fun, and we're, you know, we're we're trying to, you know, land on other things, but, but I kind of figured that maybe we would at some point just kind of be like, hey, this was cool, we did a thing, yeah, and now that's and not now the case at all, yeah. What a thing. No, <laughs> we we have found it, but yeah, here we are, here we are. Uh, yeah. Let's some uh, housekeeping before we go further here. Uh, find us on the web, fateswidewheel.com, fateswidewheel on, on all the social on the socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have a TikTok. Not doing much with it yet, but we do have a TikTok. Once life calms down a little bit, I'll start diving into the TikTok. But I'm taking a break mostly <laughs> from social media, at least from personal for for uh, for the month of May, except for Twitter. Twitter, I I am I am just finding some lovely, mostly quantum leap centered Twitter accounts. Yeah, ours. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, folks just coming out of the woodwork, like talking about like how quantum leap has informed like their their take on their uh, being part of the LGBTQ community. Or uh, or being uh, autistic on the spectrum, neurodivergent, excuse me, community, um, just really super interesting. Yeah, uh, and I'm and I'm loving all these all these all these posts, and I'm loving these accounts that I'm discovering. Uh, I don't know if they're listening to us, but uh, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Uh, I I think that there's been a lot of, I I almost don't want to say, you know, growth or, you know, new accounts opening up, but it almost feels like a reactivation, you know? Oh, yeah. That that, that revival word, it just has never felt more apropos, uh, especially Mm -hmm. now that we've had the official announcement that the the show has been picked up to series um, by NBC and looks like we'll be airing perhaps Tuesday nights. Um, which is, you know, which is pretty cool, which is after the boys. So here's a, no, I, I do not keep up on TV trends the way I used to like, and and for, for perspective, like back in the late nineties, early aughts, I read entertainment magazine, entertainment weekly magazine obsessively. Like, even if I didn't watch a show, like I knew what, (laughs) I knew what new shows were coming out. I knew this, I knew trends. I knew whatever in the age of streaming, does it really matter what a show follows on network TV? I mean, you know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's a blow off. Like I'm genuinely asking the question, how much does that matter anymore? I, this is, this is kind of the weird thing. So I have been of a mind in the past that it didn't matter that much, but 
not only going down the rabbit hole, you know, this past week on on, on the, just the voice specifically, but on, you know, television trends, uh, you know, on a larger scale. And in particular, you know, due to my, my, my wrestling fandom, there's been a lot of talk about like AEW, which airs currently on TBS and TNT and with the, the Warner Discovery, you know, stuff that's been happening, how that might affect it and, and how ratings still matter and what matters for advertisers, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 gist of it is is that it does still matter. It does still carry some weight because there are still so many people that that is how they get their their television. Um, I mean, they wouldn't be producing right if they if they didn't. Now, I think sure. that the way that it's evolving and changing, especially for like Peacock and Paramount Plus. Um, you, you know, I mean, obviously Hulu, uh, and, and YouTube TV, I think, um, or YouTube red or whatever it's called, uh, have, have clearly kind of been the progenitors of the model, but now that you're getting the, the content makers themselves, the networks themselves to have their own outlets like Peacock and Paramount plus they're able to do, you know, like s- simulcasts basically. So you don't have to choose between watching the show on the network, you know, off over the air, you can watch it through your streaming service at the same time. You're not missing mm-hmm. out. There's not a delay. Um, that said, I mean, ratings have changed a great deal. Like what a high rating now for like a non sports related program is practically nothing compared to like a high rating for a television show, you know, especially like in the nineties, sure. you know, when, when, when like shows like friends and, you know, ER or whatever, we're, we're pulling down these massive ratings. Um, you know, it's just, it's changed a lot in the past decade. And, um, the cool thing about the voice being the lead in is that it tends to be one of the highest rated shows, um, in, you know, in its slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes it's number one for Tuesday nights. So having the opportunity to have that lead in, um, I think is, is really big. And I think it's, I think it's, it does two things. One, it's a vote of confidence that says like, Hey, this is going to be a great show. We're going to be able mm-hmm. to maintain a lot of those viewers from the voice. And two, we want to put eyes on this show and the best way to do that is by giving it this lead in from the voice. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I think it's a great thing. Um, sure. y- you know, now how big of a deal it'll be going forward, how much it's going to matter five years from now, you know, whatever, who knows. Sure. Uh, but that's kind of what I can glean based off of what I've been seeing. Yeah. And for the love of God, NBC, do not, screw this puppy like you did the original series don't bounce it around don't put it on friday nights right just let the show breathe yeah it's weird to live in a world where like must see tv and Mm. you know and that thursday night lineup that nbc you know had during the 90s and early 2000s like it just doesn't exist anymore it's like You know, the, the, the sort of crowning moments for television and watching television are are in the past. That's mm-hmm. not to say that television itself as a medium isn't going to obviously continue to, to produce great content. It's just a different it, – it's a different delivery method now. Yeah. You know, we've come a long way since some rabbit ears on top of our television. <laughs> there we have. Speaking of, that kind of sort of segues into uh... – into into the episode we're talking about this week. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Color TV, 
Another Bonanza reference. Second Bonanza reference in like Leave three it to episodes. Beaver. <laughs> Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. So uh, this week, we're here to talk about Kamikaze Kid. Yes. Yes, we are. We're doing our Quantum Leap Revisited, uh, which are capsule-sized reviews of the classic series. Our mission is to rank the show on a scale of 1 to 10 based on five different categories. Writing, directing, acting, production values, and mythology. Each category is weighted based on our perceived importance. Writing, directing, and acting are each worth 25% of the average. Production values are worth 15%, and mythology is 10%. Now, our original reviews sought to stimulate discussion, contextualize the episode based on when it was set, when it aired, and when our discussion took place. Of course, we also provided a lot of background information and our personal opinions of each episode and a whole lot more, uh, lots of tangents as well. Now, now, we're proud of those reviews, and they will, of course, uh, continue to be available for listeners in our archive, which you can find, you know, where however you're, you're getting your podcast these days. Um, but we wanted to have the opportunity to revisit uh, some of these episodes with only our opinion on the categories above, giving listeners a compact rating of each episode of the classic series in the lead up to the premiere of the revival in the fall of 2022. Cause it's, it's, it's happening. It's Cause it's no longer really speculation. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is for real. Um, so have our opinions changed for the better, for the worse? Will this new rubric yield results that even surprise us? Well, let's find out. And again, we're doing the Kamikaze Kid. Kid. Now, when we talk about our original review of this, I want to give a special shout out to it. And I haven't been doing this with the last revisited, but I think for this one on the blog post, I am going to link our original yeah. episode because obviously we were just a few weeks in to recording and uh, the, the dropping of this episode was going to happen on Halloween day so i kind of put a thing out there on social media originally like hey we should since it's on halloween should we do kamikaze kid or should we do the halloween episode which i won't say the title of because everybody knows you don't say the title of it uh so yeah so yeah so everyone said no 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 do kamikaze kid so we did it but we decided to have a little fun with the recording of the episode where i mocked the b-man and actually said the Macbeth of Quantum Leap episodes out loud. <laughs> and so we had a little fun. Uh, so, some, some, we some, weird, some weird audio dropped into the episode. So if, uh, if you're a newer listener, drop on in, take a listen. Here's, uh, here, here's, here's my secret. Uh, I've kept this from you for, for nearly five years now. Uh, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I, I know. I, wanted, I know you did. I wanted to do it straight. I just wanted to like, I wanted to leave all that, but, but, but I was just like, you know what? Just we'll just go with it. It'll be fine. Um, I know you didn't. And here's how I know because you said you were gonna. You said you were gonna edit some stuff in, and you edited like one thing in. And this is before we dropped it. I was like, no, 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 no. You don't. You you don't have my vision. You don't have my vision of doing of, it of what? in the nude. Oh. Um. <laughs> so yeah, my was the equivalent of nude. So I uh, so I dropped in the audio. Yeah. Um, and I did some stuff. I appreciate you going along. I appreciate you keeping the secret, but I knew. I knew. <laughs> uh, bad poker face. But no, I, anyway. you know, the, the thing is, is, it was fun. And I, and I really did enjoy talking about the episode in, in our original review. And uh, I, I think um, uh, it, it's, it's interesting to me the way that I think 
I, I watched the episode this time around compared to the way I watched it when, mm-hmm. when we did the original um, review of it. Uh, so much so that now that I actually want to go back and pull up my notes real quick from that episode uh, just to kind of glance at them while we're talking about it now. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's dive into the Kamikaze sure. Kid. What, uh, Kamikaze what, what Kid. Our, our, IMDb uh, set. Yeah. You know, oh man, I am so slacking on this. Right I almost said TV guy. That's what I'll vamp for a minute. I almost said TV guy because we used to do our TV guy descriptions, but we, you know, we've been doing something a little different this time around, and uh, it's it's fun. It's it's nice to to get a different perspective on it. And I've been I've been paying a lot more attention to some of the stuff on IMDb, like some of the reviews, because we used mm-hmm. IMDb a lot during oh god yeah reviews, especially for what the other actors were up to, what they'd been doing, that sort of stuff. Uh, and now you know I'll still kind of give it a, a once over, uh, but it's been much more about um, it's been much more about like you know what are other people saying. Uh, in the reviews there, what are, you, you, you know, what are some of the, the, the trivia and goofs and stuff? Has, has any of that been updated uh, since last time? That sort of stuff. Sure. Got it. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, thanks for the amp. So IMDb description. Sam leaps into the body of a gawky teenager to keep the boy's older sister from marrying an abusive alcoholic. Taking advice from Al, Sam hopes to reveal the young man's true nature by challenging him to a drag race. Well, there you have it. There we have it. That's pretty succinct right there. Writing, writing. I've, I've jumped in first the last few weeks. Start with you this week, Sam. Writing. All right, here we go. The writing. So um, this episode, uh, I, I enjoyed it so much watching it this time around. And that's not to say that I didn't enjoy it last time, but I felt like last time you know, when we recorded our initial review, I was watching it maybe with a little bit more of a critical eye. I was trying to like, you know, find pieces here or there to focus on. And, 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 you know, we, we really were in a place and we, we pretty much continued this for the bulk of the series. We tried to switch it up a couple of times, but it didn't fit. We really were at that time doing like a scene by scene dissection yeah. of the mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. Um, it was like an audio commentary on steroids because we went far beyond, like we, we was most of the time we would double the length of the actual episode with yeah. our comments. Mm-hmm. Um, this time I just kicked back and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this episode, um, you know, more than just about any other from this season just feels like quantum leap from the beginning mm-hmm. to the end. Yep. And Paul Brown, like he, he wrote an episode that I think anyone who was, you know, writing quantum leap from here on out could have just used as a template if they wanted to. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad that new things were attempted. I'm glad that they went sure. different directions or whatever, but it felt like such a, you know, classic example of like, this is, this is how we're going to write this show from here on out. Um, even more so in some ways in the color of truth. Now, the color of truth is a better episode overall, but I think that this episode for me, um, it just, it does. It feels kind of like the, 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 the perfect example of quantum leap in some ways. And I think the writing is a testament to that. I think Sam is written so well. Um, I think Al, Al is written like Al, you know, I yeah. mean, the, 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 the Lothario comes through, you know, perfectly here. Um, there's lots of fun bits between the two of them. The relationship feels established. Um, and the, you know, the, the, the drama, the sort of the domestic drama at the heart of the episode uh, is, is written perfectly. And the great thing is, and I think this is also a testament to the acting and directing, but the great thing is, is it never devolves into, you know, 
this is such a cliche to say this. I'm sure there's a good one out there, but it never devolves into lifetime movie, you know, TV movie of the week territory mm-hmm. in spite of dealing with something like domestic violence. Um, sure. So I ended up giving the writing uh, an eight. Uh, I toyed mm-hmm. with going a little bit higher, but I kind of just felt like based off of, you know, where, where I landed for uh, color of truth and with other episodes, you know, during the season, I felt like eight was, was the right place to put it. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, I, again, I just, I really, really enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I love about the writing of this episode is that, like you said, for it being about such a heavy topic of domestic abuse, it somehow manages to be dramatic in the right places, to be funny in the right places, to uh, to have that mix. And this is something I, I think we talked about it in our original review that I completely forgot about it. And this is such a subtle thing in the episode that I forgot about it again as I was watching it. But then as I was taking my morning walk the next day, it clicked into my head is that in a show about domestic violence, in an episode about domestic <laughs> violence, they managed to work in a recurring joke yeah. about casual violence of Sam getting hit in the arm, his dad wanting to go out in the backyard and box, and, and even his sister, who is the one being abused in the episode, of her punching him. And it's done in such a subtle way. Like I said, I totally forgot about it until the next morning. I was taking my walk, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's how incredible is it that in a way Paul Brown 33 years ago and almost 33 years ago to the date by the way we're recording on Friday the 13th uh this episode aired on May the 10th. We we're in a really good cycle right now of hitting when the episodes almost originally yeah. aired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and um uh in a way he wrote this like incredible examination of toxic masculinity and oh, yeah. you know because you look at you look at the dad you know both of the dads for that matter you know mm-hmm. you, you look at bobby obviously and and and, it, and and i think that it's kind of incredible that 33 years ago you know you write this episode and because it's not so it's not too preachy it doesn't you know it, it, no pun intended it doesn't hit you over the head with it you know, it's direct, but there, but there's some subtleties to it. There's layers to it. There's, Mm -hmm. there's different examples that you're shown you're given and it's all carried by, you know, this, this, this story that I think is wonderful and, and emotionally intense. Um, and yet there are, there are, like you're saying, there's some wonderful comedic moments that, that, that get played with throughout the episode. I mean, like when the mom finds the playboy, you, you, you know, or well, the, the, the maid finds the playboy rather, you know, embraces sure, the yeah. mom's attention and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm sitting here thinking maybe I should bump it up to a nine. Um, <laughs> well, I, t- I tell you what, I will, uh, and like, yes. And like, even everything that you said, like it goes even deeper than what the little bit that I was latching on to. I'm right. just like, I like, of like all of the broader characters, the casual violence of the Impalas of, of how they subject, yes. you know, you know, Sam to the, to the dumpster thing early on. Um, and even what, yeah, like, like working in, in the playboy and even like the mom is upset about it, but there's kind of a, you know, a resigned boys will be boys right. thing about it. But I will give you the thing. If you want to keep your thing down and late, I will give you the thing that you could knock it down for. This is the thing that Quantum Leap keeps falling into. It fell into it in Color of Truth. Does it again here. Of course, Cheryl can't just go on and have a happy life. (laughs) Cheryl had to make a lifetime commitment to the Peace Corps. (laughs) Because that's how we show that Sam made the right choice to save the day. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean... 
She had a signed picture of JFK. I mean, she, yes. <laughs> she did. Where, uh, oh God, I was reading, uh, I was reading some other stuff about the episode the other day, and the actual description for that episode actually managed to work in uh, the JFK. Sam asks not what he can do for his acne, oh. but what he can oh. do for something. That may have been the original TV guy <sighs> description. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, so I gave it a 9 out of 10. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I could I could go on and on uh, uh, about the writing. Um, directing, I you know, th- this was a weird one for me because I, I, I think that there's just there's some wonderful moments. There's even a couple of iconic shots, you know, that, that are, mm-hmm. I, I think, noticeable to anybody who's ever seen Quantum Leap, even if you haven't seen this episode, um, because, the you know, him skidding over the car and everything is um, – it's in the intros. Um, but, I, I, you know, there were a couple of things that I felt like, you know, just were very workmanlike, which is fine. You know, this is a weekly television show. And, and so I just wasn't sure exactly where I wanted to, to go with this. And, and the more I think about it, the more I think it's a seven. It's a solid seven. I know you think that's safe, but, but it's a solid seven. I <laughs> sure. almost I almost went eight with it. But I, overall, I, yeah, again, I don't think there's anything remarkable. But there are some there are some wonderfully directed scenes and there are some moments that feel very that that draw me into the world very easily you know from the leap in to the moment when he's you know driving to the um to the the restaurant uh you, you know to the race for pinks at the end of the episode but then there are other scenes like i said that are just kind of set up like this is how you shoot a, this, this scene for you know, for television um so yeah I, I again i nothing bad about it whatsoever it's very very well done across the board it works it does exactly what it needs to do uh but it didn't necessarily do everything i wanted it to do to really push me up to an eight and maybe sure. i'll maybe i'll think differently after you speak but that's where i sure. right now, so seven so when you talk about the directing it seems like you're talking more about like the setup for the shots a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, the cinematography goes a the lot. Cinematography. Yeah. That's yeah. a word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cause I just, cause I, I, hearing you like talk about, and I noticed like, this is how you talk about previous episodes. Like I tend to think of more of like the acting. Sure. And like how that's directed, but I'll be honest, I haven't done a whole lot of on camera stuff and especially like, in, you know, in you know, big like Hollywood, like TV production stuff. So I don't know at that point, like how much that like they actually direct the acting sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I or, so. or, yeah. or is it, or, or it's so much like, uh, you know, cause like you're shooting this thing quick, you're probably doing you know, just a handful of takes. I don't know. I mean, That's I think it. it's different I've, based off of mm. what I've like, what I've read and what I've seen, like it, it definitely, it feels different. I think that there are some shows where it's very much just hit your mark and yeah. say the words, and then I'm going to pick up my paycheck on Friday and, I'll see you in seven weeks when they bring me in to direct another episode. You know what I sure. mean? That sort of thing. So, and I, re- they- and I, re- I, and I've really gotten that impression. Like they shoot all of the Chicago shows. Yes. You know, that's, no, that's it, what I was kind it, of thinking in Chicago. And, and I, I've never been on one of those, but I've auditioned for a couple of them. And I really got like, like the notes that I got like during the auditions was like, we just want to make this as cardboard as possible. You have right. a few lines. Don't shit the bed. <laughs> just, yeah. just say your lines. And, and do the thing right right uh and, and well, just a very quick tangent here like uh 
like the biggest audition I had, it was like for one of the Chicago PD or for one of their episodes. And I went in and I did a thing. Uh, I did not get cast, but I don't know the guy personally, but I've seen the guy who did get the part. I watched the episode, the guy who did get the part. I have seen him in shows. He is a, he is a very talented actor. Yeah. And when I watched the scene that he was in, in the episode, he was cardboard. Mm. And I know that that was the way he was directed. Right. Like, like any good acting instinct was directed out of him. And he was just like told to just like sit there at the table and say the lines. Anyway, there's my tangent. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that, I, that's, that's true though. Right. You know, and, and it, and it just depends. Now, one of the things that I will say that excited me when I was watching some of the, or not watching, but seeing some of the pre-production photos that were coming out for the revival series is that, you know, they're doing a table read. And, 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 you know, certainly once the show's in production, that might change a little bit. You might, you you might not have the time for all of that or whatever, but to me, that's always the first sign that it's like, okay, you know, this is, this is about the story they're telling and the people that that are telling that story. This isn't just about churning something out every single week, which all credit to the 9,100 episodes of Chicago PD fire med that have been, you know, rolled out. I just pulled that number out of the air, obviously, but, uh, uh, but they are, they, I mean, it's, they're not stamping license plates, but they're not far off from it. You know what I mean? Like it's just (laughs) like, (laughs) I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's it's like law and order. And, 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 and I mean, I used to love law and order, you know what I mean? Like I, but, but, but at the end of the day, they're kind of just doing the same thing again and again and again and again with these little twists here or there, you know, and every once in a while, maybe they'll branch out and push the envelope a little bit, but it's not sure. You know, so, so I enjoy, I enjoy when, you know, when you know that, that they're taking some of that stuff a little bit more seriously, you know, and, and it's something sure. that we see more and more with prestige television. Um, of course, you know, but anyway, we're, anyway, we're, we're breaking our rules here. Let's, we're breaking uh, our yeah, rules here. Let's, let's anyway, steer back on but, course. But uh, just steer back, like, um, I guess I just say, like, I look at a lot of the, like the, the acting in any given episode when I look at the directing and this episode, um, like there's not, there are not like notes that knock you out of the park, but there's not like not a wrong note. Right. In the entire episode. Like everybody knows the assignment. Everybody knows the assignment. Everybody knows what kind of episode they're doing. Uh, so I gave it an eight out of 10. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And that, I mean, that segues perfectly into, into the acting for me. Um, I, I thought that the acting in this is fantastic uh, across the board. M- much like you said, everybody knows the episode they're in. Everybody knows what they're there to do. And they mm-hmm. do it. And they do it very, very, very well. This is one of those rare instances where there's just, there's not a weak link. And part of that, again, goes back to the writing, you know, and, and, and the directing, I, I think, as well. I, I, I just, I, I couldn't knock it at any point for mm-hmm. any of these acting moments. I thought that it, that it worked perfectly, you know, um, here's something crazy. I gave it a nine. I did too. Well, there you go. There we go. Yeah. I, and, and part of that also is I, I thought Bacula was just like, this might be the best Sam has been all season. As far as I'm concerned. He sure. And here's the thing. And this is something I didn't realize until Allison uh, Pregler, she posted this on Twitter the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I knew this at one point and I forgot it. This was only the third produced episode. Oh, interesting. So this must have been uh, Genesis, Starcrossed, and then this, I think. 
Yeah, or was it Genesis Double Identity? And then this, I don't know. I can't because really, I know like the Double Identity was originally gonna was gonna air as the second episode, but I think at some point, I think you said at one point they flipped it around. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I need to review that anyway. Tangentially, if this was the third episode produced, especially like them hitting the mark, right? You know, it, it almost makes you scratch your head and go like, what the hell happened to all the other, all the other episodes that came afterwards that they produced? Not that, not that any of them have been like terrible, but you know, it, sure. it, it's, it's that, that they were able to hit on what quantum leap was so early and then go shoot these other episodes that were not mm-hmm. as quantum leap, if you will. Sure. Um, but no, I mean, Scott's great. This, again, mm-hmm. this just, this feels more like Sam, than just about any any episode that we've seen prior to this, mm-hmm. I, I love it. And and the scene he has when he recalls, you know, his his own sister, is just, you know, that might mm-hmm. that might as well have been the audition side that they gave him. And if he would have come in and done that, I would have been like, send everybody else home, you yeah. know, which is which is what they did. But yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like it was, I mean, it, it, it's superb and. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and Dean's stuff is, is fantastic, uh, uh, you know, with him. So I, yeah, I, 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 there's a part of me that as I'm watching the episode, and I am, I'm enjoying it so much, I'm just kind of like, man, you know, Quantum Leap, where have you been? Because uh, mm-hmm. I feel like we got Genesis, uh, Color of Truth, and this episode, and everything else that we've gotten, while not, while, while having plenty to like, has not necessarily felt as quantum leap as, as Kamikaze Kid. I agree. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think like where was like right hand of God? Ah, then we got the, mm-hmm. the Dixie stuff that kind of throws it off. Yeah. Yeah. Star Cross, we got the Oscar, the Haunt. Yeah, yeah. 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 This would be perfectly like um I could use color of truth to introduce quantum leap to someone totally brand new, or I could introduce this episode. Yeah. For someone totally brand new. It really all depends on like who that person is and how challenging do I want to be. You know what I mean? Because yes. color truth is a little bit <laughs> a little bit is a little bit uh is a little bit else. Um now it is it is it is worth throwing one small thing out there that we've not yet talked about that I, I, I figure we we'll come around. Yeah, we'll come back around to that at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we might as well do it with the acting because you know we're in the acting, right? Sure. Or do you or do you want to or do you want to just get through the other two and then come back to it? Let's get through the other two and come okay. back to it. Yeah, because I feel like that's going to lead us into a longer discussion. <laughs> production values. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, production values. Okay, so production values. Hey, you know, this is again, this is another category where I feel like the episode does very, very well, especially being set in 1961. You know, the the the, the house, the the TVs, the the cars, you know, it feels like that. There are some small anachronisms, which, you know, we covered in our initial episode and which obviously Matt covers in, in Beyond the Mirror Image and you can find on IMDb and, you know, I think sure. you know, probably anywhere else you go. But, uh, you know, other than those small anachronisms in a, in a pre-internet world when people had to just, you know, say like, oh, the song came out in 1961. Yeah, but it came out like three months after the episode was set. Nobody was going to necessarily find that out. So anyway, uh, I gave it an eight. I thought production values were well done. Nothing took me out of the episode. Um, I, you know, I, I, I thought that, uh, I thought it was great. So yeah, yeah. got an eight. Um, uh, a lot of same thoughts. Somewhere along the way, uh, in one of the initial interviews that Don Belisario gave about the show, one of the reasons why he chose to keep Sam within his own lifetime, because it, it was doable on a TV budget. Mm-hmm. And he said something like, if I put Sam on a Viking ship, it's going to look silly. Right. If I put him in a 1957 Chevy and put a cheeseburger and a malt in his hand, boom, 
Yeah. There you go. I always think of this episode when I think yeah, of that. Right. Because uh, it's, yeah, it's perfect. It's what, it's what you do. A little perspective. I posted this on Twitter the other day. If this episode were produced in uh, uh, today, 2022, <laughs> uh, this episode takes place in 1994. Yeah. So if you want to feel old there. Um, I originally, I gave it an eight out of 10. I bumped it up to a nine out of 10 just because of Al's first outfit. <laughs> that's Cause, fair cause that's valid been, man because because people have been talking about that outfit like just in the last few days on twitter yeah. and like and like all the accounts that i mentioned earlier and someone said like this is this is peak al calabici yeah right out of the gate and i have to agree like if i could just pull that specific costume together i yeah there's you know there's that moment towards the end of the episode uh not to tip our hand too much but towards the end of the episode when they're singing let it be me and they have that moment and, you know and sammy oh boy ali oh boy like it, mm. it, it almost feels improv do you know what i mean like their relationship is so comfortable mm. uh you know even the even the actors and uh, uh has nothing to do with production values but it made me think of it when you're talking about al and the costumes and just how how that costume feels so lived in you know, for mm-hmm. Al and in my memory, you know, and I think in, sure. in, in the collective memories of fans, because it is an iconic costume for Al. Um, yeah. And that's one of the best ways I can describe our, our regulars in this episode. Everything feels very lived in. Nothing feels like they're trying to figure things out. Whereas in, in the previous episodes, a lot of stuff feels like they're still trying to figure some things out. Not just the actors, but, you know, sure. everyone involved, uh, except in Color of Truth. Um Mythology. Okay, so mythology. Uh, you know, I struggled with this one because I, I, at first I was sort of like, well, there's not a ton. Um, but then I just kind of, I, I went for it. I gave it a nine. And, and the biggest reason I gave it a nine were the revelations about Sam's sister, mm-hmm. um, the way that it, it drives him throughout the episode, the, the moment that he has about, and, it, and it, it really made me think too, because uh, again, you mentioned Alison Pregler earlier. There was um, a Twitter thread where people had been asking questions about Quantum Leap, and she was kind of explaining some stuff about the show. And you had even hopped in at one point, I believe, to talk about um, you know Sam's own past being kind of the impetus for him mm-hmm. leaping through time. And this episode is, <clears throat> pardon me, a perfect example of that. Um, it is clear that <clears throat> his background was the 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 substance for a lot of what drove him to mm-hmm. want to travel through time and to change things and i i think that in some ways that this episode sets things up so perfectly uh in ways that you know w- will be followed up on in disco inferno and animal frat and you know and then obviously once we get to like mia leap home you know leap home part two like this is one of those episodes that I feel like if I'm putting together a list of like essential episodes of the series, Kamikaze Kid has to be on it. Not only for being an exemplary piece of Quantum Leap, but also for giving us that bit of Sam's backstory. And for Scott, the actor, you know, really conveying how important mm-hmm. that is to him. You know, I yeah. couldn't save my sister, but I can save Cheryl. And that's who Sam Beckett is. Mm-hmm. That's that's the whole point, you know. So I, I gave it a nine. Yeah, gave it a nine out of ten for uh, everything that you just said, and also this is the first time that Sam and Al's relationship really clicks. Mm-hmm. And like, I really totally. believe that I really believe that they were best friends before yeah. Sam leaped. 
I'm with you on that 100. percent Yeah, uh, it's for it, it is there. It's the I mean, it's everything. It's like like this is this may be the perfect Sam and Al episode as far as their relationship clicking. Um, with maybe certainly, the certainly in season one, <laughs> in season one. <laughs> That is definitely true. Uh, you know, because they have this like this very natural banter back and forth, like they rib each other a little bit, but they don't rib each other too hard. Um, when when Sam has the the memory revelation about about Katie, Dean Stockwell hits all the right notes of being, mm-hmm. you know, of, you know, he's been kind of a lech, you know, th- th- this early part right, of the episode. Right, but, right. He, you know, he, you know, he dials it back and just, you know, just says like the like the nice, right, comforting thing. Um, and so, yeah. It's funny because I think that in our initial review, I think I might have questioned whether or not Al would actually have been in the dark on this. Um, and I think it bothered me a bit because it felt like it was one of those things that Sam would have related to him. Um, but I didn't, it, I, the thought drifted through my head as I was watching the episode this time around, but it didn't bother me. And I think it didn't bother me for a couple of reasons. Um, one, it's not necessarily the type of thing that you, that you broadcast, even to your best friend. Like it is the type of thing that, you know, there, there are things that you might, mm-hmm. you might keep to yourself. Um, and two, it, it supplies Dean with this perfect moment to have this, you know, to have this realization, to have this discovery, to have to have this wonderful bit of connection with with Scott, you know, as actors. And so mm-hmm. if it was something he already knew, we'd be deprived of that. And 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 I think that that would sure. be unfortunate. And I think it's a much more interesting, much more effective choice to have him be in the dark on it until Sam sure. mentions it, um, because we get to go on that journey with Al, which is which is wonderful. Like I said, it's perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. To me, it makes sense because, you know, we learned from the pilot episode that that Katie's life turned out okay right you know she married a uh, jim bonnick i think which was a That's side right. character from magnum, magnum pi you know yeah and so maybe one of those things like since things turned out okay for her like maybe sam just never did tell al that story yeah just never you know just never came up for a right point you know the crazy uh, thing is is that jim bonnick being a character from magnum pi like the idea of course was at some point that sam was going to leap into magnum that magnum mm-hmm. existed in the quantum leap universe mm-hmm. like Katie's just hanging out in Hawaii with Magnum and his friends, you know? Yeah. One day. But well, then yeah. strangely enough, Magnum PI is on TV and another mother. So we, uh, who knows? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, All right. So, 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 so that being said, <laughs> should we, should we broach the thing that we talked around? I know we talked about yeah. it extensively. Um, uh, we talked about it extensively uh, in the first preview. Yeah. So here's the deal, folks. If you're unaware, Holly Fields, who plays Jill, is 12 years old during the filming of this episode. Wow, I thought she was 13. 12. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, the character is 16. Scott Bakula is 34. Sam Beckett uh, would have been 30, I don't know, 30, what, 30, 38-ish at the time of this episode. Where where is Sam? Yeah, Sam. Sam Yeah. Sam would have been, yeah, about 30, yeah, 38-ish, sure. Yeah. We'll say that, yeah. We'll say that. So, so, uh, so Scott's 34. Uh, if the kiss, and I think I said these exact words in our last episode, if the kiss had just been the first kiss, the first just sort of like, 
you know, it's maybe it's a little too long for, for, for comfort or whatever. I think I would have been able to give it like a total pass and just been like, sure. Okay. You, you know, you do your job, you tell your story, you do what you got to do. But because it ends up being a little bit more than that, like it's just a little uncomfortable. And as I'm watching the episode and as I'm watching the scene, I I can't help and it's and it's probably completely me just applying my own filter. But as I'm looking at Scott, I'm just thinking to myself, I don't know if he's comfortable with all this. I'm I I would I I I don't know. Uh, the thing about Scott Bakula is that he is such an incredibly nice person. Right. But he is an incredibly private person. Sure. We, you know, I don't care how big of a fan you are. You know very little about what his personal beliefs are or whatever. Right. Uh, I, I don't. I would love to just ask him directly in an off-the-record conversation. Right. Like, was that, was that weird? Was that happened, right? Because like, that, that would have been uh, – yeah. So, here, I, I mean, I, I just I, – I compartmentalize this in different ways. First off, if you're just talking about it, like, completely, like, from a did Sam in the situation do the right thing? Right. Yes. Okay. And the, right. and the thing is, it is very hard to pass judgment because time travel – makes you make weird <laughs> effed up choices you sure. would never have to make in any other context. Right. So it is very hard to pass judgment. Now, of course you could say you can unpack like, was this first kiss so important? Is this, would, would this have been a teachable moment for Sam to teach? Uh, I can't think of that that character's name right now. Jill. Oh, yeah. Where, where, where Sam could teach Jill that, you know, that the first kiss is not the end all be of a relationship, that there's right, more important right. things, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, even still like 35, you know, in 2022, even we've come much farther. Still, like the idea of that first kiss is like, that's what we hinge like the start of a relationship on often. Right. You know, so whatever. Um, from a production standpoint, I don't know. It's very hard to tear the episode apart. I, I am more interested in the conversation of in the new series. How are they going to broach situations like this? And more broadly from quantum leap, the, uh, the HBO TV series, the time traveler's wife mm-hmm. debuts this weekend. And I don't think you've ever read the book. No, no. Um, the book creates some weird, similar situations. Yeah. And I wonder how they're going to cover it. The movie from 2009 completely avoided it. Mm-hmm. Completely cut all those scenes out. So, I'm curious to see how the series covers it. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go go to go ahead. No, I'm, I'm saying. Uh, so I think like it's a more interesting conversation of like how do you how would you produce this scene in 2022 in the same like setup context and make it more sensitive and i think we talked about this in our original review like one way you do it is if you have sam leap out first and you see the kid kissing right exactly yeah yeah. or you cut from a different perspective and i hope they do this in the new series i hope they do this more in the new series that you cut to a different perspective and even though uh i'll call him but even though ben hasn't leaped out you would see what everybody else is saying Mm -hmm. you would see the leap be right and then you see two kids kissing yes and that's 
and that's different. But then you have a whole other argument. And I know that they've talked about this in relation to, to Stranger Things and another Netflix show that I can't remember the title of right now is that we really got to start questioning like, when is it justified to ever sexualize kids in a TV show? And technically anyone under 18 is yeah. a kid. So in any context, like even if you're using child actors and you're trying to be as uh, sensitive as possible, how do you handle that in the world that we live in now? Right. So first of all, to, to kind of respond to, to what you just said, I think that one of the issues that I had with the criticism of Stranger Things and the, and the thing that really popped into my head, which is a kind of a, a weird example to use now, considering what happened with Fred Savage recently on the new Wonder Years, but we won't go into that, is I always think about the first episode of the Wonder Years, when Kevin and Winnie share their first kiss. Mm -hmm. And as far as, if I, if I remember correctly, it was their, their real first kiss in real life. They, you know, they, they hadn't gotten there yet. And I think that certainly um, I would like to think the way that we would approach something like that now would be very different from the way that we would have approached something like that, you know, 30 years ago. That said, to, to think that, you know, 13, 14 year old kids or whatever aren't kissing or more, I think is absurd. And to not find ways to depict that, hopefully in a sensitive and non-exploitative manner, uh, would be silly to me and disingenuous. Mm -hmm. It would be untruthful. It'd be a lie. It would be it would be puritanical. It would be like saying like, well, we can't show them do this. Why they do that? They do that. So why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we tell that story? Because I would rather tell that story in a in a sensitive and thoughtful manner in order to, you know, hopefully give people some sort of guidepost because you and I both know, especially talking about this show that, yeah, you know, primetime television entertainment has absolutely informed our opinions and shaped our personalities mm -hmm. in ways that, you know, quite frankly, even our own parents might not have. So I think that, I think that, you know, the, it, it's a big, it's a pretty big leap for me to think that, two, you know, 13 or 14 year old characters kissing at a school dance is sexualizing these young actors. Mm -hmm. They're kissing at a school dance. Like what you didn't show them in bed together. They, you know, nobody's getting naked here. This isn't Brooke Shields when she's like 15 years old in blue lagoon or whatever. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's so, it's such a strange leap to me to make no pun intended. And, and I think that, you know, because because part of the whole point is to try to depict situations in as in an honest and genuine manner and tell a truthful story, like why would we want to try to hide that that happens? You know. Mm -hmm. um, now, in terms of quantum leap, and in terms of a thirty-four-year-old actor kissing a twelve-year-old actor, like, <sighs> yeah, I think there's better ways to do it. I think there's better ways to do it. Now, again, based on everything that we know about Scott Bakula, I would not question for one second 
you know, if that was my 12 year old, I, you know what I mean? Like I would be like, okay, sure. you know, it's, it, it's Scott. He's, he seems like a good guy, but at the same time, if that was my 12 year old, I probably wouldn't put them in that situation to begin with. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of, yeah. I, I don't know that that's, I don't know. It, it, it just, it, it, it does feel weird and it, and it feels a little icky. And then when you go into the time travel aspect of it and you look at it from a fictional standpoint, it is, you know, the, one of the arguments I think I used last time is like, it's odd because it robs Jill and you know I I, I think Cam, yeah. yeah even more importantly it robs Cam of that moment of a very special moment um, and it's not certainly not the last time that we're going to have this happen you, mm-hmm. you know um, where Sam gets to experience something that the you know that really the you know the leap E should have been there for. Mm-hmm. Um, now again, it's a TV show. I get that, but but uh... like I said, I like it uh, from the production standpoint. I see like why they why they did it this way. Like I said, in the new series, I hope they have a little bit more of imagination. Yeah, and like you know, have Ben leap out, right? Have have Cam leap in at the right moment. We stick around for a few more seconds, and we see the aftermath of that. Well, because even like, even at the point where like, it, you know, they, they very easily, Sam could have leaned forward to kiss her. She's ready mm-hmm. for the kiss and he leaves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because that tells what that would tell me, the viewer, uh, the story that would be told there to me is that Cam might not have originally in the original history uh, mm-hmm. had you know, the gumption, whatever you want to say, to go through with the kiss. But once Sam started initiating it, he leaps out, Cam leaps in, they kiss, Cam gets to have the first kiss, Jill has the first kiss, Mm -hmm. we don't have to have, you know, 34-year-old actor kissing a 12-year-old actor. It, like, it still would have told you that story, and it would have, and and to be completely honest with you, it would have, I think, such such a small moment, but it would have had more of an impact than what this does. Sure. Because it's hard for me now at watching it to kind of just, you know, to just kind of be like, oh, okay, oh, that's cute. Like, I, I can't, I can't go there. You, you can't do it. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Uh, so we just said, like, if they were to produce this episode now, it's 1994. Uh, they produce a similar episode now. What song is playing? Smells like Teen Spirit. No. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, man, that's a good question. Um Spice Girls, if you want to be my lover. No, that that I think that's too early. Uh, I don't know. What do you think's played? Oh, God, I don't. I don't. You know, I'm trying to think of like not songs that were exactly like 1994, but like you know, like from that right, right, time, right, right. Uh, from that time period. Uh, what was the Robin Hood song? It's not coming to my head right now. Oh, uh, um, uh, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it right now either. It's uh, not. Uh, I maybe think, now. Know I think it's true. Yeah, everything I do. Oh, that takes me back to every one of my middle school dances. Yeah. Right I know that shows my age right there. Or or maybe the Three Musketeers song, which is basically the same song. The Oops. the all for one. Uh, oh, man. Uh, or what is it? All for love. I can't. Nah, nah, I got to find the song. But it was from, the, you know, it was from that Disney Three Musketeers movie with Kiefer Sutherland and Charlie Sheen. And, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um. And that came out in '93, so it would have been it would have been perfect timing. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Yeah, all for love. Brian Adams. I'm telling you, man, 
He had the market uh, cornered there. Uh, yeah. So what was your final those. score? <laughs> My final score for this episode um, actually ends up being the uh, second highest of the season behind mm. uh, Color of Truth at 8.35 or a solid 84%. Mine is at 8.75. Nice. So 88%. Yeah. 88%. Yeah. I it surprised me to be completely honest with you. I did not, I, I did not um, know how I was going to feel about it watching it again, and it ended up being one of my favorite episodes that I've watched this season. It's probably had the most fun. Yeah, even 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 more so than Color of Truth. Yeah, you know, Color of Truth hits you without a doubt, but like, yeah, that's not fun. You know, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say it hits you when we're talking about an episode about domestic violence. <laughs> You know, I remember that we, <laughs> we we had to dance that line a lot when we did the original view yeah. of the episode. All right. So last week, uh, I asked the question, I put it out there, what do we think would have happened to Scott and Dean, speaking of Color and Truth, if they hadn't produced Color of Truth? Oh, and, right. And Quantum and we, had not been picked up. And we didn't last long. We didn't get a lot of replies. We got exactly one reply. One. <laughs> Uh, from, uh, Jill. Thank you, Jill. Uh, so Jill is one of our financial contributors. Uh, thank you so much for your patience, Jill. Uh, she is not doing through Patreon. She has, uh, just, just sent us a one-time donation and we set up a thing through PayPal for that and PayPal. Oh my God. PayPal and Venmo, which are by the way, owned by the same company. I used to be such an, I used to be such an evangelist for Venmo, uh, when it first came out. And now just this past week, both PayPal and Venmo are pissing me off in two different ways. (laughs) This podcast is definitely not sponsored by PayPal or Venmo. And I'm a, I'm, this is my villain origin story when it comes to like, (laughs) I am, I am like two steps away from tagging him and post on Twitter. That's where I'm at right now with the, with the both of them, uh, right now anyway uh so let me uh find this email here vamp a little bit here oh we, sure uh, so i just wanted to add real quick too about kamikaze kid that uh it, it it feels to me like this episode could have sit easily in season two um you, you know or even even early season three because it does kind of feel like fillet a series in a lot of ways and i have mm-hmm. a feeling that once we get into season two and we start reviewing season two episodes uh with this same scheme that kamikaze kid is no longer going to be like an outlier because it has such a high rating it's going to start to find a spot where it sits side by side with quite a few other episodes and it's going to get outranked obviously by some season two episodes and season three episodes but that said i i feel like it, it it's a really great um early high mark for the show and obviously you know color truth ranked higher um but i think that this to me is more of a standard bearer in some ways than color of truth because color of truth again one of the greatest episodes of the series no doubt about it um one of the most important episodes of the series for many reasons but kamikaze kid is one of those episodes that i just kind of feel like it might be even more accessible in some ways Mm -hmm. You know, Um, and it'd be very easy to just show an episode like this to to a friend who'd never seen the show before. Sure. Um, So I look forward to being able to kind of compare its score with uh, some of the the high marks of season two. And even even like even when we get to like Honeymoon Express, uh, you know, for God's sake, like I I, yeah, not to mention a good night, dear heart and and thou shalt not. And, you know, yeah. 
here's two out of the three episodes you just mentioned. Here's one of the things I, I wanted to say about the writing that that I forgot. And what I what I love about this is that starting in season two, and it starts with Honeymoon Express, we start to fall into the trap of murder of the week. Sam yeah. is there to stop someone from getting murdered. Right. And I appreciate um these episodes, Thou Shalt Not, another, another episode you've been. I appreciate the the episodes where it's not to stop someone from getting killed or a murder. It's to stop another kind of death. Yes. In a weird way. No, I completely agree with you. And when you look at when Quantum Leap is at its best, in my opinion, when it's not doing Color of Truth, you know, or, or Black and White on Fire or whatever, when it's really truly at its best, it's doing those domestic dramas. Kamikaze Kid, uh, Jimmy, Thou Shalt Not. Like, those types of episodes, mm-hmm. to me, are, yeah, they tend to be better than any of the murder of the week type episodes, like you're saying. And um, and part of that is because you don't usually have a mustache twirling villain. That's the thing that I'll give this episode credit for. Bobby's awful. But credit to the actor, credit to the writing, credit to the directing, Bobby never turns into mustache twirling villain. Even when he has the conversation with his dad in the bathroom, which could sure. have easily been hammed up and could have easily been... They because they're they're because they're drunk, because it feels so real and so mm-hmm. awful and icky, it never feels like some of the, you know, mobsters that we get later or 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 crooked cops or whatever. You know what I mean? Like sure. it, yeah. it feels it feels real, and which is again why it feels even ickier, but yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, so, you know, there's one other thing I wanted to mention. I'm so sorry before before you mention that. I, I did want to say when last we talked about this episode, uh, you know, we were able to talk about quite a few of these actors, obviously in the present tense. But I found out uh, in doing my research for the episode that, that Romy Walthow, who played Cheryl Wilson, uh, passed away last year, almost exactly a year ago, um, as we we're recording this. And uh, I thought that that was too bad. It was, it was a sudden cardiac arrest, and uh, her children mm. posted some really beautiful tributes to her on Instagram. Um, mm. I think her performance in this is fantastic, and yeah. uh, I was sad. I was sad to read that. Yeah. I read that I wasn't going to bring the episode down, but thank you, Sam. No. <laughs> I'm here for that reason alone. You know, you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, to bring to bring it up a little bit, you know who that who the actor is, like the actor in this performance. You know who she puts me in mind of that we both personally know. Who's that? Annie. I could totally see that. Yeah, and Annie yeah. was uh, on the show that that Sam and I originally met on. Annie was the one who introduced us because she had been in a and right. a and a shit show of a show with you. That's very true. <laughs> Sign yeah. picture anyway, of JFK. So uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's get so let's get back uh, uh, to the question. Uh, what happened to Scott and Dean? And, uh, Jill Wilson. She uh, she said, I think Dean would have went back to making a few more movies before starting on his artistic career. As for Scott, I'm thinking of two scenarios. I would like to think he would have been cast in more movies, giving those blockbuster leading men at that time a run for their money. Or another possibility would be for Scott to go back to the theater in New York City. And I think those those are. Yeah. All good I, options. Yeah, I think so too. I think she's probably right on the money with uh, with Dean. I, I will say that one of the things about Scott is that it feels to me, based off of his career prior to Quantum Leap and certainly after Quantum Leap, he would have he, he would have just kind of stayed in the TV cycle. You know what I mean? Like he would have gotten another sure. pilot. He would have like sooner or later he would have gotten a, a show that that lasted. Whether or not it, he would have had the same career whether or not he still would have done like enterprise and ncis new orleans and all that sort of stuff who knows but i i don't doubt that scott at some point would have gotten on a show that would have been a show that he probably would have been the lead or co-lead or you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like i i i I think that he probably would have 
stayed in TV. That said, you know, who knows? And I do think that the idea of him, you know, getting more into film or um, going back to the theater is, is, is definitely an intriguing one had, had things taken a different turn. Maybe necessary roughness would have gotten its due. <laughs> uh, no, so, I, I, actually, it also crossed my mind. What, what might have happened is that um, I'm sure even at this point, Jag was floating around in the back of Don Belisario's oh, sure. head. And I wondered, like, what if, like, because you know, Don really liked Sam or right. really liked Scott, Scott Bakula. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, well, Quantum Leap was kind of a misfire. Hey, I have this idea for another thing, and it's going to be a surefire thing because it, you know it clicks all the right boxes for TV, you know, right. in, in Jag. And I could see, I could see Sam or, or Scott turning in, turning into the lead for Jag. I could see that too. I could even, I could even see more. I, I always wonder, like, would would Scott have been the first choice for the NCIS lead? Like, I could have seen him playing Gibbs more than I could have seen him playing, you know, Rab on Jag. Interesting. Where was Scott when NCIS started? I think he was doing Enterprise. Oh, okay. I think you're right. Yeah. I feel like NCIS started off even earlier, but... Uh, Might be. I think, you know, yeah, I th- I think you're could, right. And, I don't know. The show's I, been on for 50 years. I yeah. And, uh. I think, and, I, and I think with <laughs> Dean, um, this is something I didn't even realize until Scott wrote his tribute to Dean um when when Dean passed away last fall is that between the time of Dean signing his quantum leap contract and them starting shooting that's when he got the Oscar nomination mm. for Married to the Mob and and in, and in Hollywood in Hollywood speak basically like he just probably just locked himself into a much lower paycheck right right and a much lower opportunity than the clout he got just from the Oscar nomination yeah. So my guess is if Quantum Leap had gotten canceled, Dean would have very quickly like spun back into the film and into film and parlaying that Oscar nomination into something I, else. I do wonder though, just based off of his career, you look at his career overall, I, I, I wonder if how much he would have done, how much he would have parlayed that into. I could mm-hmm. easily have seen him doing like, you know, maybe, maybe taking one more film that would have been kind of like a bigger type of production where he would have had a, you know, a substantial role, but I imagine he would have stuck to the, you know, to the kind of the indie side of things that sure. he, you know, that he, that he probably would have, you know, taken on some more interesting mm-hmm. roles, you know, like he did in Battlestar Galactica, for instance. And, and, and then, you know, and then, yeah, just committed himself to his art, which was, which seemed to be, you know, his son has more a lovely thing. Instagram account. Uh, it seems to be that that was his, his real passion, especially in his later years. Yeah. Um, so I did want to just mention, I just, I did just do the checking. So Enterprise began airing in 2001, um, yeah. which I remember because I think the first episode aired like, uh, you know, the week after 9-11. Um, and uh, NCIS began airing in 2003. So Scott would have been right, right in the middle of Enterprise when they did the backdoor pilot on JAG for NCIS. So I do, I genuinely, like, I genuinely wonder if I got, if I got Belisario in a room, I'd just look at him and be like, would you have would you have wanted Scott from CIS? <laughs> Be honest. You gotta tell me yeah. the truth. Yeah. On Ziggy's honor, tell me. Um I don't know. Uh well thank you, Jill. Thank you so much. Thank you for your for your contribution to the show as well. And uh and thank you for your response there. I think that I think that those are two 
really good potential pathways. Yeah. I'm glad that we don't get to find out, but at the same time, it is kind of interesting to say what if. Two would have gone. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if there was a what if. So <laughs> there's a what if. Yeah. Uh, and on that, we, we got another uh, very lovely email from Nikki. We just got that for this afternoon. But for the sake of brevity and for the sake of the fact that it is now 10 p.m. when we're recording and both of my kids are wide awake and, oh, Betsy, is no. and Betsy is drowning upstairs. Um, let's start to bring, uh, let's start to bring this episode to a close here. Um, and then next week, I, I was going to say unless major news drops, but I, the series has picked up yeah. like, like short of them saying it's a summer series and we start airing next week. I right. don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll throw a couple more things out there real quick. Um, so it does indeed look like uh, October um, is what mm-hmm. we're looking at. Although I will say, I believe it was Martin Garrow posted something that made me kind of go like, wait, because it he, was like he said very soon. Yeah, so that's, to me, that's like, is this going to be a summer series? Are they going like, to? Yeah, what? are they? Or, or I did think I did have this thought. It's like, are they going to air the pilot early to help to like drum up interest and then and then you know drop the show proper later on down the road? Like I don't know. Um, and then uh, I think I just hit my microphone. Oh well. Um, so so uh, we so so yeah. So we're thinking October, but again, Martin Garrow's comments make me think like, hmm, what? Um, it will be shot in L.A. That was something that we didn't know for for certain. Um, but uh, it, all signs point to the the show being produced in in Los Angeles as opposed to being produced in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, they are indeed indeed doing some reshoots. Um, I have a very specific theory as to why they're doing those reshoots that I cannot share because it would indeed break the the private contract that Dennis and I have made with ourselves and yeah. our wonderful source, the observer to not spill the beans on some of the things that we know. Uh, but I, I, I have a feeling that that's actually why they're doing the reshoots and we'll see, we'll see if that's true or not. Um, that said reshoots in, in these instances are, are very common. Um, it could be for a number of reasons, uh, but we'll, yeah, we'll see what comes mm-hmm. of that. Um, and you know, the cast, uh, they're busy. They're doing other things that said, uh, Mason Alexander Park and Raymond Lee, have both, um, you know, posted stuff uh, via Instagram um, about their excitement. Most of Raymond Lee's stuff right now has to do with an independent film that he's in uh, and Top Gun because he's also in the new Top Gun film, which kind of blows my mind. I don't know if you know this or not. The new Top Gun film has like a 96% fresh rating with like over 50 reviews right now. The movie apparently is phenomenal. And I am, yeah. and I'm like, what world am I living in that it's 2022 and Top Gun is like one of the best rated movies of the year so you far? You know, I'm going to say this. I saw Doctor Strange last Friday and they had an extended preview for Top Gun in front of it. Mm-hmm. I don't like Tom Cruise. Yeah. I've never I've never seen the original Top Gun. What? I'm I'm I'm, I'm my fondest memories of Top Gun are playing the Nintendo video game. When oh I was a god, kid. that was my favorite parts. Yeah, I right. Oh. And I, I I'm going to get up on a little bit of soapbox here, and I may get some uh, I may get some hate and uh, out of this, but I'm saying what's new. <laughs> but but I'm but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out here. I'm saying in a world where we are canceling people left and right, rightfully so over their misbehavior. I think any active Scientologist in Hollywood should be canceled the fuck out. So I have no patience for Tom Cruise, uh, even though I love the plot for Edge of Tomorrow. Anyway, that being said, yeah, Top Gun looked pretty fun. (laughs) Oh, 
Um, yeah, as well, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I know that it comes out May 27th, which is my birthday. Uh, the other exciting thing that happens on my birthday, besides my birthday, is that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi drops, which I'm really looking forward mm. to as well. That has nothing to do with Quantum Leap. Mason Alexander Park has also been posting stuff on Instagram. Uh, their Insta is, uh, is, is always a lot of fun, delightful, and I know that they're very excited about... Um, uh, 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 Sandman um, for Netflix, yep. mm-hmm. uh, which they are in. So uh, looking forward to that as well. Um, as I, I loved the, the comic book, but um, yeah. So so we'll see what happens. I'm sure we're going to be getting some new news. Uh, writers are being contacted, so they're lining up all of that sort of stuff. Uh, it, it, based off of what we know, I will go ahead and say this because I don't think it's anything too spoilery. It certainly seems like Brian Winbrandt and Steve Lillian have very specific ideas about where they want at least the next episode to go. So I have a feeling that, you know, that they'll end up helming at least the first two episodes writing wise. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who else is in the room writing wise. Will Deborah Pratt write any episodes in the first season? I uh, could be kind of cool. The one other question that hasn't been answered and then I'll, I'll shut up. Are we getting a, like a 22 episode season? Is we getting a 13 episode season? What do you think? Um, I hadn't really thought about it. I just assumed that it being NBC, we're probably going to be like lean more towards 22. Uh, but honestly, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I don't care. Whatever, I agree, yeah. whatever makes the best series. I don't care. Yeah. I would rather have 13 good episodes than 22 episodes, which contain blood moon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a physical reaction. Uh, I will say this, that La Brea, uh, its first season was only 10 episodes. Yeah. So was it a mid-season replacement, though? Uh, I don't like think Quantum it Leap? was, actually. Maybe it was. Okay. No, it wasn't. No, it, its first episode dropped on September 28th. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we will see, uh, you know, obviously as soon as we know anything, we will post it, uh, both on our Twitter and our Facebook, uh, and possibly our Instagram. And of course we'll cover it in, in our next episode. Um, you know, things are clearly moving fast. I'm sure we're going to hear more, um, I imagine there's some stuff that they're going to do their best to keep under wraps. It'll be interesting to see if they're able to, um, but, uh, maybe not maybe they maybe they don't have anything to keep under wraps and and you know could be completely wrong on that speculation but um it'll be really really interesting to start hearing about you know writers potential guest stars etc uh so i'm really looking forward to it but that's it i think that's it i don't think there's anything else yeah i must say i i I keep using this uh this comparison for as far as like secrets um the the showrunners for the office they managed to keep steve carell appearing in the finale they managed to keep that a secret from the NBC brass until they showed them the final cut the day right. before it aired. Right, right. Have faith, Leapers. I have a very good feeling that the that that what has been shown, what what people have seen, because I know some people have seen it, is not what we're gonna see when it airs. I'll just say that. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm, I think Steve Carell is going to pop up in the pilot episode. God damn it, you That's- said my thunder. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> All right, we should get out of here. Uh, let's read off our, our, our financial contributors. Let's do uh, it. Uh, Dana Bias, Audra Ashley, Christopher Redman, Jill Wilson. The money's not here. It's going to get here eventually. What's a good one? Here's a road. Uh, PayPal. And we have a new contributor, Rich. Rich, let us know for uh, uh, mispronouncing your last name, Bork. Uh, 
B O U I can't see it. I don't yeah, I got I got the Patreon pulled up on my screen here. <laughs> uh thank you, Rich. Uh thank you very I, much. Thank you. I may even say I'm gonna re-record a quick intro, drop their names at the beginning too, because if you're still hanging on after all those tangents at the That's end, that's a good point. We did you go, deserve, we, we went long. <laughs> we uh, went well above and beyond. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and I will just add my usual spiel because I I, I always want to say this, but if you, you know if if you've got some some extra pocket change and you want to throw it our way before you do that, consider reinvesting it into your community uh, or or to any of the uh, bigger charities out there. Uh, I'll always give a shout out to Doctors Without Borders and UNICEF in particular, but obviously there's a lot of other wonderful charities out there too: Southern Poverty Law Center, ACLU, etc. Uh, or or given. Um, I, I was that, that's I was like given the news of this last week. Planned yeah, Parenthood. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. I stand with you. Um so please, yeah, uh make that investment. Um let's help build a better world, whether we're talking about, you know, across the street from you or you know, across the globe. Uh and if after all of that there's still some extra change rattling around in your pocket and you want to get rid of it, then yes, by all means, please um, you know, support us. We will be uh, forever thankful. We, we will of course continue to mention your name in the podcast and we will certainly certainly hope to have some other tiers that we can roll out soon. One of the things that uh, I'm thinking about is trying to set up like a Twitch and do watch alongs with the new series. So you can join us, watch the episodes with us uh, on Twitch. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk during the commercials, but we won't talk during the episode. Um, we'll make that sacred pact and, uh, you know, that that might be a lot of fun to do, um, at certain tiers. And then of course have the opportunity to join us for, uh, our, our recordings. Um, you get to see how the sausages are made. There's not really like, we pretty much just put out, we pretty much just put out exactly what we do. Like there's, you're not missing anything, but that's it. If you wanted to, you know, you can do that. So, uh, but, but that is all stuff that is probably going to have to happen over the next few months because we don't have a lot of time or bandwidth to really focus on that right now. And I hit my mic again. I guess um, you definitely hit it that time. Yeah. Sorry. So anyway, that's 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 all. I, I'm done now, I promise. Dennis, you got anything else, buddy? No, that's it. Let's leap on out of here and uh we'll see you next week, hopefully, for play it again, Seymour. Sounds great. Take care of yourselves, take care of one another, stay safe out there, and enjoy your leaps responsibly. <laughs> that's a new one. New catchphrase. All right, there we go. So long. See ya. No